Hello, everybody, and welcome to A Court of Books and Booze, our basement book club. I am Skylar, and with me, as always, are Jessica and Amanda. Guys, how's it going? It's hot. Why don't we get my beautiful wife, Jessica, and our very best friend, Amanda? Where, what happened to that? My beautiful wife, Jessica, my very best friend, Amanda. <laughs> I thought he was going to say my beautiful wife, Amanda. That's what I thought he was going to say, too. <laughs> uh, opportunity missed. Honestly, I was really worried you were about to say milk and cookies edition because we've done <laughs> more milk and cookies than we've re- done new episodes of these because we've just been kind of picking up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm proud of you for that. Outside of the adjectives that you left out, but it's okay. I had to think about it really hard if it makes you feel better because it's like... You do get that mental block in there that's like, this isn't milk and cookies, but I still want to say it. Heard what you like and like what you heard. (laughs) We use some ice cold milk in here right now. I am sweating. (laughs) Do you want some cold wine? No. I have some tea. You have a lukewarm twisted tea? It's actually, it was in the fridge, but it's probably lukewarm now because it is hot. Mm Mm-hmm. What do you have tonight? Whole lot of nothing. 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 Would you like to share my wine? No, I'm good. Thank you. Wow. Lame answer, but okay. What is this podcast called? Court of Books. Boozy Book Nerds. <laughs> <laughs> what did Logan call I it? I wish we could change it at this point because I love that. What is it? Boozy Book Nerds. Oh, that's cute. Isn't that cute? I like that. I like that more. And then Logan called us something about goblins. I don't remember what it was off the top of my head, though. Goblins, gremlins, something or other. Accurate also. I'm not ever listening to him. He can't ever remember my name, so. (laughs) That's okay. I'm over him. Months ago. How's it going for you? It's all right. I'm hot. I'm working on a bit of a headache. Been smoking meats all day. Ooh. <laughs> Alrighty then. Hot and smoking meat. <laughs> wow. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> kind of makes me cringe a little bit. <laughs> You should read the text I had that was similar to that about him with your husband earlier. Oh. (laughs) Sometimes. My boy Nick's got my back. So I I got home from the show that I went to tonight, and uh, I pulled in. He's walking down down the road, because we're dog-sitting. So he's walking down the street with Kona, and he turns to keep walking down, and I get out of the car and I was like, Nick, where are you going? And he's like, oh, I was walking over to the Golden's house. <laughs> he could have. And I was like, what? And he's just like, yeah, they said that they were they were grilling out and I felt bad, so now I'm just getting ready to go. And I was like, okay. Oh, that's funny. And I went and walked with him and then we came home. <laughs> so. He didn't even stop and see us. Didn't walk to the Golden's house. Yeah. Because he's like, you want to walk with me? I can just pick you up later. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. 
Well, guys, this week we're uh, jumping into a court of Frost and Starlight. What book, is this? Book number four. Book four of the Akatar series. Much shorter than the other ones. It's the first novella. So out of the seven, correct, that is she is contracted to write in the f- upcoming future, Sarah J. Moss. Correct. How many of those seven are part of Akatar? Do we know? From what... I'd have to look it up, so don't quote me for sure, but from what I thought... Because I know Crescent City isn't done yet either. I thought that they were... that she was contracted for two more novels and two more novellas. Avatar, because I thought that it was supposed to be six novels and three novellas. I could be very wrong. Okay. So meaning that three would be for Crescent City? Potentially. Maybe. 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 Hmm. One can always hope for more Throne of Glass. (laughs) Anything she writes, I swear I'm such a fangirl now that I will read whatever she has to say. I I would lick it off the floor. (laughs) (laughs) I would lick her written words off of the floor. Honestly, when we do the whole Sarah J. Moss universe, whatever, gosh, I have so many wonderful things to say about that woman. Dude. Same. I have so many notes already for that. Same. I literally, I have like four pages in a notebook already. I am so excited. I... Because the majority I've been doing is e-reading or um, listening to audiobooks. I will bookmark mm-hmm. and highlight so many sections. I feel like I need to read them all again before we do Absolutely. that, Absolutely. I feel like Throne of Glass was forever ago. And it. W- and you didn't necessarily know to keep yeah. a lookout for anything. I, I need to go back. I need but to I go couldn't, back. we couldn't warn you. I know. Yeah. To be fair... We finished Kingdom of Ash over six months ago. Dude. That's insane. It's really... I have wanted to read this, like, reread it again anyway. Yeah. Like... And it's not, like, crazy long, but it feels like forever. I mean, it is long. It is eight long-ass books. (laughs) Yeah, I need to reread it. I mean, they're good, but... I think when I do a reread... I will be doing audio because it's not like the graphic audio, but the narrator is fantastic. Yeah, the audiobooks are good because that's how I listen oh, to them. Yeah, you did it already. For, we didn't. Yeah, they're good. The narrator, she's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, highly recommend. Do they have graphic audio for Throne of Glass? No. I didn't think so. Real quick, though, because we did find out that they had graphic audio for Mistborn. Yeah. Did you ever. Listen to it? No. Because you were reading Mistborn? No. Did you ever I have it down it? I have it downloaded. Um, but I only got in like three chapters and then Oh. Um, I think that's like around the same time that I picked up Crazy Rich Asians and mm. I really got into that, so I kinda put a standstill. Because gotcha. it, it was a little bit of a slower start, but I was curious about that one. I yeah. saw I, s- I saw the book recently online or something. Yeah. Made me wonder. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely on my T B R I've heard amazing things, so I'm excited for that series. Brandon Sanderson, and he has a shit ton of stuff, too. I only have one book of his that I want to read. Yeah. And it's that standalone. 
that I think is newer. Tress of the Emerald Sea. So, we are reading A Court of Frost and Starlight by Sarah J. Mass. It was published in 2018. Moving up in the years. That's still five years ago. <laughs> Jeez. And it is 272 pages, so a nice little refreshing break from the Chonky Boys. Chonky Boys. I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna attempt any trigger warnings for this one because it's a Christmas special, so it's super cute. <clears throat> so that's what we got there. It is winter in the night court. And Pharaoh wakes up one day to snow falling outside, and with winter comes the winter solstice, which for her brings up old memories from a year ago when she was in the spring court with Tamlin and Reese saving her. What's nice about this book, and different from the three previous, is we get multiple POVs. Do we get more than Reese, Pharaoh, and just narrator? We get Cassian. Do we get Cassian? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So Reese is dealing with a dispute between Cassian and Devlon concerning allowing the women in the camps to train. Eventually the argument is settled with the women getting um, a middle ground of time to train. And then the men also having to help out with the work that's typically gone to the women for setting up winter solstice. There's another problem in the camps, though, and there are those who believe that their men were purposefully put on the front lines so that they would die in battle against the King of Highburn. Um, so Cassian and Reese are trying to deal with this quickly. We then see Feyre walking through the rainbow, searching for gifts for her and for her friends and family, um, and looking at the damage that came from the battle. Um, while looking at a destroyed building, a fairy named Rosinia tells Feyre that the family that lived in that house were able to escape. Um, and she reminds Feyre that all of the people are thankful to her since they do remember her saving a bunch of them during the war. That time when she used her cool-ass water wolves. <laughs> Feyre then runs into more, and together they find a gift for Amran and discuss what everyone else might want. Eventually, for uh, more lets her know that they and Reese are going to be visiting the Hewn City as part of tradition. They go to the Hewn City later that evening and find Eris, who is discussing gaining more territory for the Autumn Court with Kier, uh, which Feyre reminds him is off the table for everyone. Eris then brings up Tamlin, since his is the court that borders the human lands, and any court wishing to grow would have to ask him for permission. The trio is then suspicious on what Tamlin's thinking, what he wants with, you know, if he wants more territory, you know, what his plans are and all that. Asriel later tells Reese of the discontent spreading in the Illyrian camps. While there are many camps that have unsatisfied people, they do find that the amount of people who actually are unhappy at each camp is pretty small, but it's still a big worry for Reese. He then travels to the spring court to find it completely abandoned other than Tamlin, 
And when asked why he hasn't been properly guarding the borders, Tamlin essentially says, I've got no army, so who's going to defend this? And Reese offers to supply some Illyrian men, but Tamlin refuses to have brutes on his land, which angers Reese, and Reese goes off on him saying that he deserves everything that came to him. So instead of attacking Reese, which he probably would have done before, Tamlin just sighs and tells him to leave. And um, Reese then goes and talks to Feyre and tells her what happened and how he's disappointed in himself and kind of being hard on himself while still pissed off at Tamlin. And um, Feyre just essentially, you know, says that he's allowed to slip up sometimes. And then Reese leaves to go get her a birthday gift and a solstice gift, essentially, because they are the same day. After that, we see Cassian arriving. Nope. We see Feyre arriving to help Cassian put up decorations um, for winter solstice, which they do haphazardly and drunk. And then Asriel shows up and starts to fix it, but ends up just drinking with them instead. Um... Everyone else arrives after that, and Feyre helps Elaine prepare the bread for dinner. Um, they've got a nice dinner. Elaine asks Amarin some personal questions about her new body, which is weird, but Amarin essentially sees through it and says, you know, you can't go back to being human, so quit asking these weird questions. And... Um, after dinner, Feyre and Reese go find Nesta, and she is at the seediest pub in Valaris, which, I mean, you don't have many options, but it does exist. And um, Feyre asks Nesta to come spend the holiday with them, which she refuses, and she just gets upset and tells Feyre to leave. Um, winter solstice. Oh, man, I am having trouble with that word. Winter. Solstice arrives, and Pharaoh wakes up to birthday presents from Reese, which are a sketchbook, a scarf, and a satchel for her art supplies. They go downstairs for breakfast, but before they can eat, Reese is whisked away by Asriel and Cassian as part of their solstice tradition. Once they leave, Elaine comes out and spends time with Feyre and asks if she's heard from Nesta, which she hasn't, but miraculously at that time um, someone shows up and Elaine's hoping it's Nesta but it's not, it's Lucian so he comes in and obviously it's awkward between him and Elaine which tends to just be how it is at this point um, and so Lucian gives Feyre her solstice gift and gives Elaine hers, and then he takes off because he's feeling awkward also. And um, so Feyre goes to talk to Elaine about it and asks her why she never wants to be around Lucian, and she pretty much says she doesn't want to be around anyone, which uh, isn't super typical for Elaine to just pop off and say. So Feyre decides to just leave her be and go find more, and they go watch the tradition that is Cassian, Asriel, and Reese take that 
the whole sentence wouldn't make any sense. They go outside to watch the tradition that they take part in every year with the three, which is a snowball fight. So once the trio comes back in from their snowball fight, the festivities begin, which we do find out Azrael was the winner this year. Um, they then have a birthday cake for Farah, and they eat cake, and they have dinner, and they do the gifts. Um, Mid-gifts, there's another knock at the door, and it ends up being Nesta. She does show up, surprisingly. So we've got a gift exchange of gloves and paintings and jewels and headache medicine and all sorts of stuff so um it ends up getting late and nesta goes to leave and cassian follows her and insists on walking her home they argue most of the way which is unsurprising and um she eventually asks what uh, what Cassian's been holding this whole time, which was her solstice gift. Um, he said it's something that took months to find. And he just starts talking to her and says that he hopes that she... He's just hoping that she ends up being closer with her sisters because she know, he knows how she's been struggling and he sees how Elaine and Feyre handle it and struggle with it also and she ends up snapping and telling him to go home and to leave her alone and she walks away and then Cassian throws the gift into the Sidra and lets her walk away um, he ends up still flying around her until she reaches her apartment and um, then he leaves and once he leaves she lights a fire to warm up but that the crackling of the fire reminds her of the snap of her father's neck and so she's struggles with that and puts out her fire and essentially just sits in a depressive state when Cassian gets home or Cassian gets home Farah goes to get ready for bed Reese then takes her to the cabin for some quiet time and Feyre decides to give Reese another solstice gift so through their bond she sends an image of their son from the bone weaver that no the bone carver brain <laughs> I typed that so wrong like the, ugh, weaving bones <laughs> anyway so she sends an image of their future son that the bone carver had shown her. Uh, Feyre's gift to Reese <clears throat> is telling him that she wants to try to have a child now, not knowing how long it could take with being Fey. The next morning, Reese ends up having another gift for Feyre, and he takes her to an old building and says that he bought her this estate to build a house for them that includes a nursery. The end of the book is Reese going to the spring court to see Tamlin sitting alone with an elk in front of him on the table. Um, he hadn't really gotten very far with it. Uh, Tamlin asks Reese if Feyre will ever forgive him and he has no answer to that because he's not Feyre. Um, then Tamlin asks Reese if he will ever forgive him for what he did to his family. 
and Reese says that Tamlin never even apologized for it. Um, Tamlin essentially says, well, it probably wouldn't have made a difference even if I did. And after that, Reese prepares the elk for Tamlin to eat, tells him to eat, and then leaves. And that is that. Good synopsis, Jessica. Way to way to kill it. Thanks. I spaced out. <laughs> As per usual. <laughs> Any specific thoughts on this book? Parts you loved, parts you hated. <clears throat> I I like I like this book, guys. This might be my favorite book of this series. Like, legitimately. It's just, it's mellow, it's calm, you get a great insight into the everybody. relationship dynamic between the whole inner circle. Right. And it's, I mean, it's just, it's chill. You come off such the the rough ending of... Uh, Aquilar. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely perfectly placed, because, you know, you had all this craziness going on before. It was definitely a much-needed break from all the chaos absolutely honestly i was thinking about it too in my my order of them i know we haven't gotten to the next one yet but i i keep going back and forth on whether i want to put this one two or three mm. <clears throat> mist and fury is always my number one i was gonna say i think that one's still my favorite too but yeah this one's definitely up there because i feel like i Mist and Fury, as of right now, is my favorite. Yeah. But I feel bad ranking the other ones because they're still, like, far up there mm -hmm. that I don't think that I can, really. They're all, like, really close second, third, fourth. Yeah. It's, there's not, like, a huge gap on, well, this one's just so much further down than this one. Right. And you guys have read this before. I didn't know how I was going to feel knowing that it was just a novella because mm -hmm. I... You know, there's no, hardly any action. Yeah. You know, just all these little side stories. But I really enjoyed it. This might be, like, one of the very first novellas that I've actually enjoyed that I felt like belonged with, mm, you in know. In group. Yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Instead of, like, oh, yeah, this is just our breakaway piece. Mm -hmm. If you, so you can calm down a little bit. Yeah. But, no, it was really good. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I really, I really think as far as, like, character development that this book just outshines the the ones before this you know because it is a it's a more intimate get to know this whole group together and it's not just you know we're having sex we're going to war we're fighting battles we're and it was just it, it's just kind of it is a nice in between because of course me and jess have read uh, silver flames but mm -hmm. yeah i mean i i think back to like as i when i was first reading through this whole series and and honestly i went into all of them all of the books even the first one even this one without having read the synopsis read about them whatever and i was reading them digitally at the time so i didn't have the physical books to see the thickness when i went into this i didn't know it was a novella mm -hmm. i was just going in as book four Book four. I didn't really think about it being significantly shorter and not like huge pro plot lines. Um, 
you know, until much later. It, I just didn't really register at the time. I just thought it fit so seamlessly. I love it. I love it so much. Yeah. I think I think my favorite, favorite part of this book, as we've seen Farah grow into this person that she is, is when she gave Reese the picture of what she saw in the mirror of yes. her inner self. Because I just felt like, okay, she's like fully in this. Like, it was like the first time, like she trusts Reese. She loves Reese, right? But this is her showing, like, I'm 100% vulnerable. Like, this is who I am. This is everything I know that I am. Showing her entire self. Yeah. Yeah. And as much trust issues as this girl has, rightfully so. But, but then you've got Cassian walking up behind her going, what, a new pet? Yeah. <laughs> the comic so relief funny. is just gold. <laughs> like, I want to be friends with these fictional characters Absolutely. in real life, honestly. But I I think that was my favorite part because I was just, you know, it was really, it was really cute to see her just fully let go of all of that to somebody a hundred percent. Everything is just out there now. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, this is, uh, this is the book that is definitely needed after the ending of Aquilar, right? Mm -hmm. Where they just, they mellow it out. They, they need the, they are together. Right. My... It's so small, like, when listening to it, but I feel like when I actually read it, it it lasted a little longer, but my absolute favorite part of this book, I think, is when Cassian is is decorating for Solstice, and (laughs) Feyre shows up and is just giving him a hard time, and they start decorating, and they start drinking, and it's a hot mess, and then Asriel shows up, and he's like the hell are you guys doing you already got into the wine and, and he goes to fix a couple of things and then and then essentially just gives up and and starts chugging the rest of the bottle <laughs> okay but i honestly immediately related to that so much because how many times do you do that for your kids birthday parties i'm just saying that's so funny <laughs> we'll spend like the night before like drinking and decorating yeah. like that's what we do and i feel like that's what adults do like yeah that's just how you spend time with your friends. You know, you're doing your thing, do what you got to do, and you're drinking and having a good time. What I'm are we just, doing here? It was just so funny to me. I love, I love the um, friendship, the relationship between Feyre and Cassian, but also Asriel, and and just seeing them interact as, as just them, just hanging out as friends, being stupid, decorating, <laughs> decorating mm-hmm. poorly. Um, I just thought it was the funniest thing, and you know. Reese coming in and his reaction just made it all all the more funny. Yeah. I love that part. Skylar, I really like your comment about seeing the character development in this book because honestly, like, throughout the series thus far, Feyre's life has been nothing but chaos and war and Rough. all these things. And now it's kind of like a little glimpse of what eternity could be for her. With yeah. her friends and her family. and Literally. Yeah. That- that long because I, th- I think there were parts that she kind of struggled with too like you know when she like went and respot her that building for mm-hmm. her painting and things like that and it's kind of like she was struggling to do that herself because other people had mentioned it to her like hey this building isn't being used for anything this could be you and i felt like she struggled to accept that she could have those things. Yeah, absolutely. Like it was almost like a guilt or something. But mm-hmm. it, w- 
yeah, you're right. I mean, it was really nice to see her kind of grow and say to herself, like, okay, I can, I can have this. Yeah. It doesn't have to be about everybody else because that's what her entire life has been, even when she was human. Yeah. Well, and her, her many comments about we're stupidly rich, but I don't feel like I should spend any money. Right. <laughs> like, well, and I think I think a big part of that shines through in the gifts that she gives people too, right? Yeah. Because it's like, you know, you've got Reese giving out, you know, extremely jewels expensive and jewelry and uh, Morgan gets and... uh, lace undergarments or whatever from Cassian, yeah. and then she gives away paintings. Yeah. You know, that stuff she, yeah. that she made. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. They're very thoughtful gifts. Yeah. She really took time for each person. But yeah. This time listening to it, (laughs) I think like my second favorite part is at the end in the intimate scene with with Feyre and Reese because they're just so vulnerable this time. And just, I don't know. I love that. I thought it was very well done in the audiobook. I seriously cannot recommend the graphic audio for these enough. Absolutely. It's so good because even like you're talking about that conversation like that they're having like with their their little moment, you can still hear like the laughter and them talking in the background in the graphic audio because you know you're in the moment. And so, I loved that because there were times where you could hear in the background everyone else laughing. Oh, yeah, that's not the time I was talking about. There was nobody in the background of that time. They they were oh sorry they were I the misunderstood. Cabin. I misunderstood. Sorry. <laughs> I don't think there was anybody for miles. <laughs> I do no, but get... that's okay. I get what you're saying, and I I like that too. I think it was at the very was it the very beginning of this book, or maybe it was the end of the last book with the graphic audio that that like Reese was talking to Cassian in the kitchen maybe and you could hear the laughter and stuff probably from the yeah anyway I like that too what's your favorite part Sky? I really think the last chapters with Morgan and her on her horse going Mm -hmm. to her hidden estate yeah might be my favorite like descriptive chapters in these books where she's like, I'm just riding along on my prized horse, whatever its name is. Yeah. And the horse starts to freak out. Yeah. And what mm-hmm. what was that? Well, my first time reading it, I, you know, I was like, oh, it's Murray Axis. Yeah. But going back and listening to it, I'm like, I yeah, that's not Murray Axis. I don't think so. Yeah. So what is it? There's ancient things out in these woods. There are a lot. Welcome to Appalachia. (laughs) (laughs) That was the name of her horse. (laughs) Yeah. I I think there are a lot of small, um, like hidden info points and Easter eggs and things like that in this book. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's definitely one of the more obvious ones that there's something. Well, I mean, it's something. You know, like the Briaxis conversation that Reese has with, I can't remember who he was talking to about it. Yeah. Briaxis, after the war just disappeared. Left. He's like, peace <laughs> out, Holmes. I don't need a window. I'm outside. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, that's a big deal because, I mean, you know, they describe him as pretty much what? Fear incarnate, right? Well, and they made a, they made a bargain. Right. 
right? Mm-hmm. So it's either got to come back or there's going to be something that happens to it. I guess we'll find out. I don't know. There's yeah. never a time frame put on anything. So. Exactly. On in Faye lifespans are. Right. So long. So what were your thoughts on Nesta in this book? Who was kind of, who who was very much the outlier. I feel bad for Nesta. Yeah. I feel like she spent her entire human life, like, hating her dad and not liking her parents. And then all of a sudden, like, she's in the middle of a war. But she's in the middle of a war. And then her dad shows up and has named, like, all these, like, three ships after his daughters that they didn't think really cared about them. Except for Elaine. Elaine and her dad were somewhat close compared to the other two. Yeah. And then, you know, saying all these things that he never said, and now he's dead. She's in a major depressive state. Well, yeah, and, and how, how do you deal PTSD. with... PTSD. Well, how do you deal with that when you know that you're going to live forever? Yeah. You know, like... And the fact that you didn't ask for that. Right. You didn't ask for that, you didn't ask for this, this is not where you planned to be, and you didn't get to make that choice. Yeah, I think she has every right to feel what she's feeling and hate the world because she has no say in anything. She has no control, which is why I think that she's sleeping with all these people because it's the only thing she really does have control in right now. Yep. Honestly. Absolutely. So I, f- I do feel bad for her. Mm-hmm. I think she's justified in acting like a bitch right now. Well, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, so. it, she went through a huge traumatic event. Right. I mean, she's not coping well. This is mm-hmm. just, and everybody's pushing her to be, fine and around people and and right. be something that she's not and she's eventually feeling obligated to do so it's a whole bad situation and i think she knows that she has support and people that care about her i she, mean they've made that blatantly obvious she also knows that she's got problems right she's got issues that She'll have to work through, but she's not ready to work through those yet. Uh, yeah, and I don't feel like you can put a timeline on that. So no. I feel like some of the things that they're doing is unfair. A little much, yeah. Yeah. I can understand some of the concern where, like, the drinking is involved. And and especially because it's not her money. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Feyre and Reese's money. So, I mean, I can see... Where they might feel like they're just enabling it. And, right, right. You know. So I, I can see the concern in that regard, but pushing someone to come to a holiday when they obviously don't want to come to a holiday and then making them feel bad about that. Yeah, there's some guilt tripping going on. Not, but Not cool. Not cool. I don't know. But then, you know, we think back to how she treated Feyre, you know, years ago as yeah. a child, and I'm like, well... Is it karma? <laughs> yeah, something. I don't know. She's not, I under I'm somewhat understand her. Um she's not my favorite character by any means. Yeah. Uh I'm nervous going into Silver Flames for those reasons, but I think it'll be fine. Yes. I'm ex- I'm I'm excited about it. I'm excited it is, to see like her and Cassian. It is centered around Nesta, yeah. the yeah. next book. So it's it's definitely an interesting it'll be an interesting look for you I yeah but i do i feel bad for her mm-hmm. i feel bad for the girl same way i felt when during miss and fury when 
Pharaoh was going through all that PTSD from shit that happened under the mountain. Absolutely. And nope. no one was helping her. Nope. So it's a mirrored situation. And S- I, similar. I don't know if that's clicking with the characters right now or if it's meant to, but. I feel like a lot of characters, like the way that they're written or the way that people react or even the way that I have noticed other readers react is that there can be different characters in this series that go through similar events but are judged differently for how they respond to it. True. From characters in the book and from readers. Because technically, Farrah didn't ask for it either. No. Absolutely not. I mean, she died defending someone she loved, and then they she made the decision yeah. to save her. Yeah. So, technically. hmm I mean, same with Elaine. Mm-hmm. Elaine's responded differently, but she went through her thing for a minute. But we give Elaine so much more grace than we give Nesta. Right. So much more. Right. Why is that? And she's still, like, dancing around questions about, like, is there a way for me to be human again? And, you know, things like that. Yeah. And I don't know. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Thoughts? No comment. Well, I, I mean, think you guys did a really good job of explaining where Nesta's at. I just... um Not your favorite character. And she hasn't been through yeah. any of these books. It, I don't like the bitchy attitude. I don't like the... It's just... Yeah. yeah. I mean... Just not a fan. She intentionally treats people like shit and then expects so much in return. And then when they expect something, she's like... It's just not, it's, she's just not my favorite character. I don't know what any of that was, but <laughs> understandable, understandable. Definitely not my favorite character either. No. But I will tell you, my first read through, when I figured out that Silver Flames was about Nesta, I was, I was pretty nervous going into it too. Yeah. He definitely did not want to read that as much as he was excited for the other ones. But I blew through it in, I think, what, two days? Something like that. Yeah. Mm. And it's the biggest biggest book in the series. It is, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. I think it'll be good. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, she's, like you said, she's not my favorite character either. But Any thoughts on Tamlin, this book? (sighs) Or Lucian? I'm not thrilled... With Rhysand in this book. And the way he handles Tamlin? And the way that he handles Tamlin, and then in turn the way that he kind of accepts what Lucian says about how he handles Tamlin. Does that make sense? Because the only point that Lucian's in this book, he's like, hey, Rhysand, you're fucking ass. (laughs) Why would you do that? You know? And Rhysand's like, well, you know, he does his moody well i think we got a glimpse in there also about reese is not necessarily happy with himself on how he responded to um tamlin so i think that's a little bit of it's just character development you know people it it shows that people make mistakes even centuries old fey it's 
they say it in the earlier books. It's just the fame male BS. Territorial yeah. BS. Now, yet again, I don't like Tamlin. I haven't liked Tamlin through any of these books. <laughs> I don't I don't really pity the guy in this one. I'm just kind of like, you know, sorry, dude. This is, you still brought this on to yourself. And Remember when we were just baby readers listening to him in a field with Feyre <laughs> <laughs> falling in love? <laughs> oh, what a time. How do you feel looking back at that, Amanda? I don't hate Tamlin as much as you hate Tamlin. Yeah. But I agree that he brought most of this upon himself. So when he's sitting in a room by himself and he has no army, no supporters, like, dude, you done fucked up. Sure. Right? Like, yeah, you can't expect to treat people that way and people still respect you as a leader like it's should have supported and respected your betrothed when that's what she was right like that's just not a thing do i think that he watched a lot of that happen growing up and that's why he is accustomed to those things yes do i think that he went through his own shit under the mountain and is a little bit traumatized Yes. I said this in the last episode that we did with Wings and Ruin. I think that they were, him and Favor were both going through stuff and didn't know how to help each other. Do I pity him a little bit? Sure. Do I want him to die? No. No, I don't. I'd be okay with it. I look at it. I would have been okay with it in the last book. (laughs) Do I kind of look at it as, you know, this is just a small fragment of his long fey life. This probably won't last long and he's going to end up fine. Yeah. Like, just looking at it in this situation right now. Do I hope he learns something from it? Absolutely. Moving forward. I do think that in A Court of Thorns and Roses, that him and Pharaoh were exactly what they needed for each other in that time. I do. I think as soon as she became fey... And all that crap happened. She they didn't more. they were not they were not what each other needed. Well he shot himself in the foot under the mountain. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because we I mean that. there was He there didn't was do just, anything. Yeah. He didn't even try. And then nope. the one time there was, it was completely out of lust and he almost ruined the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I his actions could have been better for sure. But I think in the moment when she was human and she came, yes, they were what each other needed. But that is done and over. She has well grown into an independent person, even with alongside someone else. Here, this is going to sound really, really mean. My hope for the end of this series is he doesn't get an apology. Or he doesn't receive the... I said that wrong. They don't accept his apology. Mm. Mm. Because I feel like that's just kind of writing off everything that's happened before it. People can redeem themselves, though. So, I mean, if he gets some sort of redemption arc that... He did have a small... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, He did have a small glimpse saving her at the camp. Mm -hmm. Which, if he... Had died then, 
I think that would have I would that would have been a solid yeah I would have been okay I would have been okay there. with that yeah if he ends up getting some sort of redemption arc and it is valid mm-hmm. then I can see an acceptance I want to know not not a forget but a forget yeah I want to know what happened when him and his dad decided that they should go and kill Reese's mom and sister. I want to know what that conversation was. Well, they were deciding to go kill Reese. Right. But like that whole thing when they went and killed his mom and sister, why? Because Reese was like so powerful. Well, be, but they, Reese was supposed to meet his mom and sister, but got hung up. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. But and so they were going there to kill Reese knowing that he was meeting there. But since he wasn't there. Because he's so strong. Like to that- kill him because he was so strong. And yeah. they didn't want him to be High Lord. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Because he would have been, like, so all-powerful. And, well, you know, he kind of is. Mm, I want that story, though. I want Tamlin's point of view. Because that had to have been so conflicting knowing him and Reese were friends. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, it definitely was his, Tamlin's dad's. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. I want, I want that story. Yeah. Give me that perspective. Well, because, I mean, didn't, wasn't it when they found out that Reese wasn't going to be there and his dad decided to go ahead and kill them that Tamlin wasn't for that wasn't that right that he tried to convince him not to do that i might have to reread that section i don't remember yeah i don't i don't remember 100 percent either that's what i remember i could be remembering wrong are you thinking that when they went into when reese and his dad went to the spring court they had an agreement not to kill i'm thinking that too tamlin's mother yes yeah and then his dad killed her anyway yeah no, I mean, I th- I was still thinking, because wasn't it Tamlin, didn't Tamlin, his dad, and his brother? I don't remember. I don't remember. I don't remember 100% either. We just, just know that sticky. Tamlin wasn't supposed to be the leader of the Spring Court. It was supposed to be one of his brothers, because isn't he the youngest? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then Reese killed all of his brothers. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't, but yeah, I just, I don't, I don't want the apology to come. Mm-hmm. I just. Yeah, I have no idea. I can't even guess on whether that's going to happen or not. Right. No idea. It could go, it could go so many ways. But I mean, I don't think you're wrong in the forgive and forget either. I just. Yeah, because I mean, they're definitely, like they're definitely two different things, you know. Right. You don't forget that that happens and then just end up being friends. But, like, who knows? Maybe Feyre or Feyre and Reese even end up needing that closure to be able, you know. Maybe yeah. there is that redemption arc and they, at the end of that, need the closure for themselves. I'm saying, like, spending that long being mad at someone Ugh. seems exhausting. For real. And we don't even live forever. <laughs> Being I'm just mad saying, is just exhausting. I'm just like, ugh. Personal opinion, I guess, but yeah, I, I, it's hard for me to hold a grudge. Like, any thoughts on the uh, solstice tradition? Oh, I love the snowball fight. I love it it's so, so much. cute. It's so cute. I've seen fan art of it, and I just think it's so funny. Yeah, I need to look some of that up because it's was really, really well written, mm-hmm. really cute. Yeah, especially when they're when Feyre and Moore are hearing them in the background throw, throwing the snowballs and getting hit with the snowballs and the, the fact that they've kept count for the last almost 500 years. 
I love that they're in like the sauna or something and she sends them a dirty thought and then they kick him out. <laughs> <laughs> they're hanging out in the birchin. <laughs> I love Moore's it's comment. It's poor form to it. be at attention in the birchin. <laughs> Moore's like, you did that, didn't you? It was so funny. So they're just sitting in there, naked, sweating. Gross. <laughs> so you funny. Join <laughs> but it's like it's <laughs> it's funny to the picture, you know, like these big, like stocky, muscular, you know, warriors, and they're just like outside throwing snowballs at each other. <laughs> the snowballs have to fucking That's hurt. That's what I'm saying. Like they can probably throw like none other (laughs) probably end up more like ice balls you know that's so funny anything you didn't like about this book other than nesta no not really i really can't think of anything that i was like oh i didn't like that section I mean, so I kind of go back and forth with it. The I feel like in a lot of, I guess this would be like considered romanticy, um, romance forward fantasy book, um, or even just romance books in general. The pregnancy trope, and it's just like them. I don't know, talking about trying to have a baby, and I'm just like. I knew that was going to happen, just, though, as soon as she's like, like, oh, I saw I saw our kid. Yeah. I knew that that was going to be a thing in this series. I'm just like, you guys are fae. This last, like, you, you live so long. Why are we, I mean. Because it could take a couple years. Why are we doing this now? It just, I don't know. Well, she's, Pregnancy I mean, tropes give me the ick. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't like them in my books. <laughs> so, I don't know. I could have done without that. I could have done without that through the last two books and been okay yeah yeah i thought it was kind of i mean like you said it's kind of cliche yeah but yeah, yeah yeah absolutely but i mean i guess from like a standpoint of like you never know when you're going to war you yeah. never know who's especially with him like yeah. who's gonna try and kill him and things like that i guess i could take it or leave it i guess and i think it was that story of the the woman in the shop yes. that knitted or whatever that blanket mm-hmm. or something the weaver like, or the tapestry yeah 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 she just ended up calling her the weaver yeah I think that that was the story that was like well if he dies yeah I w- well, that's all I would have left of him and I get I it. can see it I get yes. it yeah but I could just do without that yeah. trope in my books that's yeah. just a personal feeling I gotcha. Any other big thoughts? Any other um, theories on the future? Hopes for the future? Those big human queens need to die. I think that'll be a thing. That'll get brought up again, I think. And we gotta figure out the... The other queen that's like got that curse on her. Got to figure out what to do with that because we made a promise to her. Yeah, what's gonna be going on with Vasa and Jurian and mm-hmm. 
<laughs> the reject club of them and Lucian, or whatever they called themselves. Yeah, jeez, that was so funny. <laughs> oh, a little club. Mm-hmm. I'm ready for her to announce what the next Akatar book is going to be. Uh, same. I don't think we'll get any any hint even until at least next year. Yeah, I mean, you know, we haven't read Crescent City, so every time an announcement comes out about it, I'm like, okay. But we yeah. will be soon. Right. Mm-hmm. We will be reading it soon. I'm not ready. <laughs> I am so ready. I need to reread Throne of Glass. I say that every time, but I really do. Oh my goodness. She yeah. sent me this TikTok, would... and she's like, if you're planning on rereading everything, you need to start now, because the average person reads 40 pages a day, <laughs> so that would bring you like right to the release date. We're not the average people, though, are we? Depends <laughs> on the week. <laughs> Sometimes yeah, no, we're below average. Yeah. <laughs> no, this summer has put me way below average. Yeah, for real. All right, guys. Well, let's rate it. I'm going uh, solid 4.3. Amanda? I'm thinking 4.7. I'm going to go 4.8. Man, I thought I was going high. <laughs> I thought I, my eyes got big because I was like, man, that's kind of low for how he was talking. Yeah, but that's high for Skylar. Yeah, it is. You're so picky. Someday we'll read my perfect book, I'm sure. Maybe. Maybe not. It, it was The Giving Tree. <laughs> oh, there you go, yeah. My perfect children's book. <laughs> Tiki Tiki Boom Boom. Your perfect children's book. The Giving Tree. Five. All right. Anything else? No. All right. Well, let's get get off of here before these fireworks get any worse. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening to a court of books and booze. This has been A Court of Frost and Starlight. If you liked what you heard, make sure to go check out. And if you liked what you heard and you heard what you liked, (laughs) (laughs) make sure to go check out the other Golden Mojo Entertainment Podcast. That is the Call Guys Golden Image Podcast. What's on Wednesdays? Tusop, United States of Paranormal. The Golden 80s, Indiana Chiefs fans, and the Murd Nerds. You can find them anywhere you listen to your podcast and on Facebook. You can also find us on Facebook, YouTube, and anywhere you listen to your podcast. And Instagram. Yep. What are we doing next time? Yes, um, well, our next book is going to be A Court of Silver Flames. Hoorah. Which will be the last current book in the A Court of Thorns and Roses series. As nothing has yet been put out after that, but it is not a completed series. (sighs) So we're going to have to wait. But that'll be out in a couple weeks. Read with you later.